Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. In studio, we have Governor David Patterson. We have also with us Ed Cox, former GOP chair for 10 years, Judge Richard Weinberg, of course, John Katzmatidis, and myself, Lydia Serrani. Now on the line with us, we have Gary McCarthy. He's a former police superintendent of Chicago. That's basically a police chief there. He's also a high-ranking cop here in the NYPD as well. And we're going to talk about crime. Uh, I guess, should I call you chief? Commissioner, what yeah, should I call that, you? That, that works. Well, I've been a chief, a commissioner, a deputy commissioner, and a director. You forgot Newark. Newark, <laughs> too. Oh, Police s- director, s- yeah. yeah. So, pick, so pick a title. Top cop. Call me, call me Gary. It works for us. So, Gary, in, in Chicago and in so many cities across the country, there, there, it was a bloody Labor Day weekend. Ten people were killed in Chicago alone, 46 wounded. We saw here in New York, there's the shootings. A 15-year-old boy was shot after school near our playgrounds, and they're now saying it was gang-related. I feel like because of COVID, we're seeing so many out-of-control teenagers. What the heck is going on, especially with the gangs? Because that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's where we're seeing a lot of this violence coming from. Well, definitely in Chicago, that's the case. The, the, the difference between the New York violence and the, and the Chicago violence is palpable in that um, you're born into a gang here. Your, grand, your dad was a gang member. Your grandfather was a gang member. And therefore, you have arch rivals who were in the same positions. These gangs have been going back and forth for decades, and, and they splintered when they took out the leaders of it, uh, when, the, when the feds came in, took out the leaders of it. And now um, it's these smaller splinter gangs, all young kids, and there's so many young kids getting shot in Chicago, it's crazy. But, you know, the, the problem is this. Statistics lie, right? And damn statistics, as Mark Twain said. And people out here are talking about the fact that, well, it's down from last year. Well, last year it was at an all-time high, and you have to go back to the beginning of Lightfoot's term and take a look at the fact that crime is up. I don't even know what the numbers are because they hide them. Um, But the fear of crime is something that is palpable here in Chicago. And I remember when I was deputy commissioner in New York, um, I remember when Bill Bratton came to New York and, and Rudy Giuliani were talking about not just reducing crime, but reducing the fear of crime. The fear of crime in Chicago is overwhelming. Um, I worry about my wife going downtown, quite frankly. And and everybody in Chicago talks about the fear of crime, which is something that is going to take a long time to turn around because the murder rate is up 100 percent from the beginning of December 2015 when Rahm Emanuel sent me packing. So the politics of Chicago is what holds it back. We need somebody to step up and and take control of what's happening here instead of just emboldening criminals and hamstringing the police, which is happening across the country. In so Chica- tell us about the politics in Chicago. Why, why is it causing the, this crime level, to, which is already high, to get even even worse? Well, so you have to go back a long way. Uh, to understand how Chicago was kind of built. It was redlined and segregated uh, going back to the, to the 40s and 50s when there was a migration of African-Americans that came up to Chicago from places like Mississippi. Um, that built ghettos, quite frankly. And people have been trying to recover since then. We had it on track, and then one bad shooting, Rahm Emanuel cuts me loose 
even though we were at 1965 murder rates when I was superintendent. It immediately shot up 200 more murders the next year, and, and now it's up 100%. So, you know, politicians saving themselves instead of politics, instead of performance. I always learned performance in the NYPD. That's how I made it to the top of the NYPD. Uh, I worked for Cory Booker in Newark, New Jersey. Performance got him to be a, a, a senator. Um, and here, my performance meant absolutely nothing. And we always uh, talk about proactive policing. I think that's also part of the problem because a lot of the gang activity and all of these crimes, they keep happening in the same neighborhoods, right? It's called the South Ward in, in Chicago, correct? Well, yes and no. One okay. of the things that Lori Lightfoot, uh, traditionally that's been the case. But when Lori Lightfoot became the mayor, she created the term safety gap. And she's talking about the south side of Chicago being more dangerous the south and the west side being more dangerous in downtown or places like Lincoln Park or, or you know, other, other neighborhoods in Chicago. What has happened here, unfortunately, is she has succeeded in narrowing the safety gap. Those neighborhoods now, they're shooting all the time. That's why people are afraid. The problem is what she was talking about was stopping African-Americans from being victims and offenders of crime. And 85% offenders, 85% of our victims happen to be African-American. The same people are now getting shot in different places. The people who are getting shot on Michigan Avenue and Lincoln Park are generally from the south and west side. Neighborhoods that used to be safe are now not safe because the criminals have been emboldened. They go where they want. They're Day, daytime gunpoint robberies, so on and so forth. The, 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 the landscape has been made such by the politics here. And what about uh, what about here in New York City? I mean, we're, we're seeing a, a resurgence in these kind of random attacks. I mean, a 34-year-old guy is just walking down the street, gets knifed in the stomach, people getting attacked on the subway. An 82-year-old guy in lower Manhattan was hit in the head with a machete, and that woman who who did it, thank God they were two transit cops, they quickly arrested her and come to find out she just attacked somebody with a knife and a machete just like the week before. So we're seeing these constant repeat offenders, like you just said, where people are, you know, attacked for simply walking down the street in the middle of the day. Well, I think that this has a lot to do with woke prosecutions, quite frankly. And, you know, everybody knows the story that the, <clears throat> there's big money that's backing uh, these prosecutors across the country here here in in Cook County, we have Kim Fox and, you know, two words to explain that Jesse Smollett. Right. I don't know how this woman is still in office, yes. how she how she hasn't been disbarred based upon her lack of prosecution of Jesse Smollett. Well, that's no different than anybody else who goes through the system here. People are not being held accountable for their behaviors. Therefore, they're doing it again, again and again. And, you know, we see this all across the city, well, whether it's Chicago or, or New York or Los Angeles, Houston, Philadelphia. Just keep going. All right. Commissioner, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I'll tell you, in New York, it's even more complicated because we have a runaway state legislature who's taken away any kind of meaningful discretion to judges to hold people in on a standard of dangerousness. You have to use the least restrictive means to hold them in. Then if they can't uh, afford bail, you have to let them out. Anyway, it's jamming up the system enormously. You have the woke DAs. The good news is that at least some people are trying to respond. Uh, John Casmatidis, 
met this morning with the Attorney General of uh, of Virginia, and they're trying to fight back by funding campaigns campaigns against these woke prosecutors, trying to get people who are committed to protecting the public to be elected as the prosecutors. And that may turn things around, but it's going to take a while. Well, Judge, that's that is actually the same thing here. Uh, last year, Governor Pritzker, and I'm only talking about the legislation. Um, Governor Pritzker actually signed a bill called the Safe T Act, which basically, again, hamstrings the police. Uh, it eliminates um, mandatory jail for certain offenses. You can commit a murder. You could be accused of murder and walk out the same day that you are arraigned without even posting a bond starting in 2023. So things are about to get a lot worse rather than a lot better based upon the laws. You can't legislate good policing. I don't know how to say this any differently. Policies have to come into play within police departments that are going to make police departments do what they need to do. I saw this happen up front when Bill Bratton came to New York City and it was continued by Howard Safer, it was continued by, by uh, Bernie Carrick, it was continued by Ray Kelly, and I worked for every single one of those men. But at the same time, we didn't have the restrictive legis- legislation that we're seeing, which is going across the country, because it seems to me, and this is what happened in Chicago, because I ran for mayor last time around against Laurie Lightfoot, and we only had a 30% turnout in the first election that didn't involve well, it did involve one of the dailies uh, or Rahm Emanuel. So it was a very important election here in Chicago, less, less than a 35 percent turnout. And the people who turned out were obviously the leftists who ran uh, Tony Preckwinkle against Laurie Lightfoot. We got so less of a know, turnout in New York. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, 35 so is a good number. Yeah. Where is the outrage from John Q. Citizen? They talk about it all the time. Everybody feels it. But if you don't vote, it's not going to change. Absolutely correct. Thank you, uh, uh, Gary McCarthy. Gary McCarthy. But are we calling him chief or <laughs> are we calling him commissioner? Or what are we doing? I, loved every, I love every one of those titles. <laughs> well, uh, we had a big uh, 100th year anniversary yesterday uh, for uh, WABC. Uh, WABC. And we had uh, Howard Safer was there. I got to see him. And, yeah, uh, great, great man. Great man. man. Love him to death. And Ray Kelly was there, too. Ray Kelly. Yep. Same thing. Uh, uh, I worked seven years for both of them as their right-hand guy. Thank you so much. And uh, come back to New York sometime. We need you. Uh, take care.